All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities, strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister, Lauren, and we also have a guest for you today. We have Dr. Scott Scher from Transcriptions. So before I dive into his bio, I thought I would mention that maybe you have seen Lauren and I post on Instagram these pictures of our blue tongues, or we call them the Smurf tongue or blue Smurf, all that good stuff. So this is an amazing product that Lauren and I are falling in love with. So we wanted to bring Dr. Scott on to uh, share more about the product, get into some of the science, and hopefully answer a lot of your questions that you all have. Uh, so before I bring Dr. Scott on, I wanted to share with you his bio. So Dr. Scott Scher is a board-certified internal medicine physician certified to practice health optimization medicine. He's also a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. He is the co-founder of 
Home, San Francisco, the first home clinic in the United States, and also acts as the chief operating officer of Home USA, a nonprofit that is creating an online home education course for doctors and healthcare practitioners. Dr. Scott is also the COO of Smarter Not Harder, the for-profit arm of Home and Hope. Smarter Not Harder is the company behind Troscriptions. It's a line of buccal troches, troches, we'll let Dr. Scott share how to say that one. These aim to address the bottlenecks many face along the path to optimal health. The Limitless Nootropic Blue Canatine is the first Troscriptions product to market with more coming soon. So let me go ahead and welcome Dr. Scott to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Renee and Lauren. Nice to see you both. Nice to be here. And it, and trochee can be either troches or trochee. Uh, it's one of the two. So there's no right way to say it. You're saying it right. Just like my last oh, name is said about 30 different ways and I don't correct people, trochee is the same way. <laughs> interesting. So if you hear either, you don't, you don't correct. Both are... Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I've seen it as tro- like buccal troches, buccal trochees, but in general... Trochee is the way we say it as, as a company. And for the most part, I think that's where we, we mostly fall into the category of trochee. Uh, trochee is a really interesting delivery device. It's not something that's used very often, even in the medical world, but more in the medical world than the supplement world. And in the supplement world, you see lots of pills, you see lots of sublinguals, but what's different about a trochee is that you keep it in the same place in your mouth and you let it dissolve over about 15 to 30 minutes. Some of them a little bit faster, some of them a little bit slower. Blue canatine is about 15 to 30 minutes for most people. And it's just like a slow release kind of thing. And it's actually going into your mucosa directly. So instead of having to go through first pass digestion and be digested by your liver and all that kind of stuff, it goes directly into your bloodstream. Uh, and, and that's really one of the reasons why it works so quickly. But also the ramp up is not immediate. Now, if you smoke something or if you vape something or if you, um, or even if you inhale something, um, it's much faster because that's all going through your lungs. Um, as opposed to doing, using a trochee, we, we like the delivery device because it gives us sort of more a slower on-ramp of this limitless feeling that we do we do think actually happens for many people using Lucanity. The hashtag is amazing. I want to be limitless. <laughs> I don't know who doesn't. So interesting. I've been putting mine on my tongue. We can get more into uh, all uh, the ingredients and how to do it, but I've been putting on my tongue for so long. I just read that it's actually better on the side of your cheek. Right, exactly for that reason, because it's the mucosal absorption. So you don't want to, look, if you want to go full smurf, as we say, if you want your whole mouth or tongue to be blue, that's a cool statement from a fashion perspective. And that's cool for you. It may be a little bit more effective if you go half smurf, because that means it's just been in the same side of your mouth for that period of time. But, you know, from an Instagram portrait model, iPhone perspective, the full smurf does look fantastic, we have to say. So we were really clear when we were making this company, ladies, that it was about doing something that was precision dose, that was medical grade, pharmaceutical grade, because what we really were looking to do with the buccal trochee was you know, do something that was medical grade, do something that was pharmaceutical grade. And because you know, Dr. Ted and I, as part of this company, we're both physicians. I'm an internal medicine doctor. Uh, Ted is an anti-aging physician, pharmacologist, informatics, neuroradiologist, and about 10 other things, probably, uh, with medical degrees, because he's brilliant. I just happen to be an internal medicine doctor who specializes in hyperbaric therapy. But anyway, when we were making this, we knew we wanted to make a company that really could support nonprofit and also be uh, something that was very, very much 
precision dosed and medical grade so that we could use it for our clients. It's not something that we could just go out in the world and say, hey, we have a new supplement, you know, like everybody else. This is something that's different. And the reasons why are the ingredients that we have in there and also the way we've made this. And a troche, something that we use a lot, actually, uh, Dr. Ted and I, for various reasons in the medical world, is we love the delivery, the delivery mechanism. It does work very well for a lot of people. But the tongue is not going to be the best place. Well, I was curious because I, I like the, the marketing perspective. I want to take a, ah, a photo yes. of my Smurf tongue and I'm actually going half Smurf right now, but I put it on my cheek and actually did still turn my tongue blue. So I got my picture. Nice. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. my brain benefits at the same time. Yes. Half my tongue always turns blue. Anyways, I guess that's normal. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. You're always going to get a half tongue with, with, uh, with blue patching for sure. But if you put it, like if you move it around your mouth a lot, then it's going to kind of go everywhere. And, yeah. Uh, and then you're going to have like your, the Smurf mouth, Smurf mouth, and then maybe the Smurf tongue and teeth. I experienced teeth. that the blue yes. teeth. Yeah, that that is it. So we knew the marketing would take care of itself when we designed it because you have a blue tongue, you have a blue mouth. Now, not everybody wants a blue tongue and a blue mouth, and we understand that. We happen to think about it in the reverse, in the sense that you know, why don't you have a blue tongue, blue tongue by, versus why do you? Right? As <laughs> don't you want to be smarter, you know, kind of thing. So. Um, but that's, of course, you know, in the eye of the beholder. Uh, we feel that we've created something that is markets itself in the sense that it not only does it market from a, from a visual perspective, but it also is a proof in how people feel when they're using the, the supplement, when they're using the trochies. And that's something that we developed over a long period of time. It took us about 18 months or so to come up with the formula and to make it right because, well, we wanted to, number one, source all the ingredients from the right place. And then we had to make sure that the ingredients didn't taste like shit because methylene blue, have you guys messed around with methylene blue by itself? No, I haven't. I'm I a haven't. little afraid of it for that reason. Yeah, it tastes, it tastes terrible. Their experience, yeah. <laughs> it tastes terrible, yeah. <laughs> and then caffeine itself is actually very bitter if you use just caffeine mm-hmm. pills, for example. And nicotine is, is fine, but, and CBD. So these three, these are the four ingredients, right? So it's caffeine, nicotine, uh, hemp crystals beatifically derived or, or CBD for marketing purposes, we have to use the former and, and methylene blue. And these four ingredients are very well known for the most part, except for the methylene blue, not as much, right? We know caffeine right. is a stimulant that makes people awake and alive. And, and it's the number one nootropic reused across the planet. Nicotine's not far behind, actually, as cigarette smoking, mostly, and vaping. But nicotine by itself, without the vaping or the smoking or the additives that can be found in those products, is actually a fantastic nootropic. And it's been studied and is currently being studied in patients with Alzheimer's disease and mild cognitive impairment. And you know many biohackers that are using nicotine. I'm sure both of you ladies know that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. absolutely, it can be addicting, even if it's not being smoked or vaped. But it's not nearly as possible to be as, uh, to get addicted to it if you're especially having a slow release kind of formula as we have. So, and we only have one milligram of nicotine in our product in one square. And like you were saying, Lauren, before we started, your dose is a half a trochee. Mine is a half as well, or sometimes a quarter. And that's even less than that, like one milligram. That's going to be a half a milligram of nicotine. So it's not a lot of nicotine. So as comparison, if you're smoking a cigarette, it's 12 milligrams of nicotine. And most of the nicotine replacement products are up somewhere around four milligrams of nicotine or two milligrams of nicotine per piece of gum. Uh, we did try to make this a gum before we made it a trochee, actually, by the way. But we couldn't get anybody to make it because it'll turn all your equipment blue. Problem. Because the methylene blue, <laughs> yeah. as we know, stains because 
methylene blue itself has been around a long time. It's been a stain. It's been around since I think it was the first drug that was registered with the FDA back in the 1890s. And wow. before it was a drug, it was a dye and still is a dye these days. So anyway, I'm, I'm starting to ramble without asking what, what questions you have, but I was no, I would love to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to hear the history of the methylene blue. So that's sure. fascinating. It was actually found in the late 1800s. Yeah, eighteen nineties. Yeah, so Nicole yeah, I heard blue. you speak about it. Its use in in dental practices, and I actually asked asked my dad about this yesterday because he is a dentist. He's a biological dentist. What do so he say? Had, he's like, oh yeah, toluene blue. It's been around forever. It's uh, obviously you can give us a better history of it, but it was used to detect cancer in right. the tissue. Mouth cancer. Mouth. Yeah, mouth cancer. Yeah, exactly. And I've talked to my dentist and many dentists along the way because of obviously what we were describing before. We're making your mouth blue with our product. Is there any downside to that? And the answer doesn't seem to be any, actually, because of it's been around a long time. It's been used in dental practice. Now, if you have any like braces or Invisalign, I don't recommend it. And <laughs> that's it's going, that. yeah. So we've had some issues with people using it with those things. And we have it very much on our FAQ. If you have braces or Invisalign, please do not use our product. <laughs> Big disclaimer, sure. Yes, unless you can take it out of your mouth and have the glucanitine and then put it back in your mouth. And and that's the way to do it. But maybe you need those wipes, like the wine wipes for red wine on your teeth. You just, oh yeah. I wonder what's made of what's in those wipes though. I don't know. Interesting. Probably so something toxic. Yeah, probably. I'm sure <laughs> we have some remedies on our FAQ page for getting the methylene blue stain off your tongue and off your teeth. They do seem to work and you can take a look or anybody that's listening can take a look or take a listen. We talked a little bit about it, but it's, it's pretty well written. I think Ted and I have done some messing around with it. We were initially hoping it could be it'd be swirling around vitamin C, uh, but that didn't work. But actually, if you put this will come back to the history. If you if you put nothing blue in the water, and you watch it float in the water and turns your water blue, and then you put vitamin C in the water, the the vitamin C will turn the water back to clear. It's, huh. it's actually an, an oxidation reduction mechanism, and that's because one is electron donating donating, and one is electron receiving, and mm. as a result of that, they cancel each other out, and there's nothing in the water. It's very interesting. So So is there any concern taking vitamin C at the same time as taking glucanotine? Well, we we don't think so um, because of just the dosing. You know, if you're having a lot of vitamin C, um, in general, um, I haven't seen any challenges with it or any problems, but with my patients, um, they're usually having methylene blue like in the morning uh, when I'm I'm talking to my clients. And then, you know, obviously because it's a cognitive enhancer and it's got some cognitive qualities. And then at night, I usually want to have people take their vitamin C supplements overall. When, in my, and so typically it's not an issue for, for my clients, but I, I don't think it's, it's much of an issue because we've looked at it, for example, it doesn't make your tongue turn not, you know, not blue. And the answer is no, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So I think for whatever reason, it doesn't work as well uh, when it's not in liquid, like in a water substance, like, like in a, but at least it's very interesting from a, from a physiology perspective, because methylene blue has a lot of interesting qualities. And back in the day, they didn't really understand them all. They just knew that it turned things blue and that this blue looked like it was actually treating bacterial and fungal infections. And so before there were antibiotics, they were using methylene blue in high quantities to treat bacterial infections and treat urinary tract infections and fungal infections and malaria, actually, and parasitic infections. And they were using it even though it was actually at much higher doses than what we have in our formula. So here we only have five milligrams. They were using like 30 milligrams per kilogram. So like huge doses. And if you can imagine, if you've seen your urine turn a little bit blue, 
with our trophies, if you have 150 milligrams of nephilim blue, you are going to not only have blue urine, you're going to have blue poop, your mouth is going to be blue. So there were a lot of issues with being such a high dose of nephilim blue, but it worked and it worked before antibiotics were available. And now that antibiotics are obviously available, we're not using methylene blue as much. However, uh, it's now being used, or interestingly, now being studied for more of these, like malaria again, because malaria is resistant to a lot of the antibiotics and a lot of antiparasitics that are, that are typically being used for it now. And it's actually being studied in things like coronavirus and other viruses, because combination with a certain exposure of type of light, UV light, it seems like the combination of, of UV light and, and methylene blue potentially can kill viruses. You know, which is super interesting. So again, we're not claiming that glucanitine has any of these qualities, but methylene blue itself is a very interesting compound. And from the cellular level, what's happening is that it's, it's actually a pretty interesting molecule because it can actually serve the same role that oxygen does in the mitochondria. So it can actually accept electrons. So it can actually accept electrons from the electron transport chain, allowing your cells to make energy more effectively. So it is potentially protecting them and is, and is actually used in this capacity in conventional medical settings for patients with carbon monoxide poisoning. So if you get carbon monoxide exposure, this carbon monoxide molecule sticks on your hemoglobin and doesn't allow it to come off and go into your tissues and let your cells get that oxygen. And if you give methylene blue, it can actually help not to, in two ways. It actually helps get that, that oxygen molecule back on to the hemoglobin molecule, various because of various iron, um, iron enzymatic reactions, which is another thing, but also helps with energy production, maintaining at the cellular level, despite it being attached, that carbon monoxide molecule to the hemoglobin. And hemoglobin is what carries oxygen on the red blood cells for, for everybody. But I hope that's not too technical, but the idea really just being that we're creating the ability to make more energy at the cellular level. It also can act on the reverse and actually be an antioxidant and collect and actually receive uh, and only and actually donate electrons at the same time and helping with providing a way to neutralize oxidative stress um, at the cellular level. So this is, it's a very, and some of it a little bit seems to be dose dependent, but it also has the ability to, to combine, we think, with light on some various spectrums to activate it even more as being an antioxidant, which is very interesting. So it's got antioxidant properties. It's got electron donor uh, and electron, sorry, electron acceptor properties. So it makes more energy. And then it's also got these antiviral, antifungal, antiparasitic properties. And then to, I guess, bring it a little bit more full circle, we think that methylene blue seems to concentrate most in the brain, the heart, and the liver, where there are the most mitochondria. And that's why we think that it has a nootropic effect, because if you're making more energy in the brain, you are going to make more energy in those synapses and those neurons that are responsible for cognition. And so it's back actually being studied in Alzheimer's disease right now and looking at what dosing for Alzheimer's disease to help with, with cognitive function. The final thing I would say is that uh, it, it's actually been studied as an antidepressant as well because it's got what's called MAOI capabilities, which is monoamine oxidase inhibition, which is a fancy word for an antidepressant that's a very old, tiny antidepressant, some of the first ones that came out. So that's why it actually can give people like a little bit of lift in their mood. But just as a caveat there is that if you're taking uh, another antidepressant, if you're on an antidepressant already, um, it's something that we don't recommend you combine it with as a result of potential synergy and, and, effect, and, and effect and potentially having complications. So 
Um, that's a long answer, but I hope that was helpful. <laughs> I'm sold. Yeah, that was a fantastic answer. So Great. we're fundamentally just supporting the mitochondria to produce better and more energy rather than relying on something like just pure caffeine, maybe in the form of coffee, which makes you sort of reliant on that. And you have to keep going back and it's probably depleting your energy over time. This is actually supporting the production. And is that a fundamental mechanism of the entire product or are we just speaking about methylene blue? Well, I think what we've done here is we've created something that has this fundamental nature of energy production, like you said, with methylene blue. And then we've used caffeine and nicotine as ways to stimulate the system in a way that will improve cognitive function and, and very well studied as releasing neurotransmitters that are that are responsible for cognitive function, like acetylcholine, for example. And so we then have the ability to remember better and to take things out of our short-term memory and bring them into our long-term memory and also vice versa. So verbal fluidity and, and lateral thinking and creativity, these are things that have been well-established inside the nicotine and caffeine world for, for decades. And the use of CBD specifically, uh, or as we say, hemp crystals beatifically derived, is, <laughs> is because of the neuroprotective nature of, the, of, of CBD and also because it tends to just decrease the the stimulant feeling a little bit of the, the nicotine and the caffeine. So uh, for me specifically, if I have like a nicotine piece of gum, like I'm like, you know, very fast, all of a sudden, like I'm, you know, I'm like edgy kind of feeling, but this doesn't give you that sort of edge for most people because the CBD sort of rounds it out. And on the back end too, it's like on the end of the, the feeling, like the three or four hours of, of your experience with, with, with leucanotine, you typically have like a slower off ramp and you don't feel like you have a crash. Now, you know, it's interesting when we talk about energy production, because I think it's important to just emphasize that we all have different capabilities of energy production. And that really depends on how healthy we are. If you're not very healthy and you're trying to take nootropics, any nootropic, it may help for a little while, but then it's probably going to give you a crash because your body just doesn't have the capacity to harness energy production, right? It doesn't have the right vitamins and minerals, and there's a lot of inflammation floating around. And so, in my context, the way I use it myself and also with my clients is in the context of, you know, are you on the path to optimizing your health already? You know, and that's why in talking to you ladies is great because you know, we know that biohackers for the most part are on this path already. And where I think blucanotine fits is in a nootropic in this sort of short three to four hour windows where you really want to get a lot of work done, or you have, uh, you have a conference that you're going to go to, or you need to speak to people, or you're going to do a presentation or uh, or you're doing, you know, you're doing copy or things like that. Uh, but in the larger context, in the framework of, of biohacking, the work that we do in health optimization medicine, I think is very important because that's what's giving a framework for everything that we're doing in biohacking, including the nootropics that, that, we're, that we're making and other products that are coming down the line. Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. You have to have the foundation, right? And a nootropic is not going to save your bad habits. Um, right. I'm glad that you mentioned that. You have to be doing right. I'm clear about that. Uh, and we've yeah. had people that have given us feedback over the, the last three or four months since we launched and said, hey, you know what? I, I didn't feel good. I got, I got, I got a headache. Or, um, and I typically ask more questions and I get you know, where they're kind of starting from, right? And so it's important to know kind of where you're starting from when you're taking something like this, especially the dosing is also important, right? So we have a trochee that comes as a square and the square is scored, which means that you can break it up into four small pieces. And so everybody has their own dose. And so if you're more sensitive to caffeine or nicotine, 
And you want to start with a quarter of a dose and then work your way up. The first time I tried one of these, I didn't know what a turkey was. Exactly. Well, I knew what a turkey was, but I forgot I was getting a turkey in the mail from our formulator. And so I just took a bite of it. And it was not a good idea. Because <laughs> I, I had like a massive headache almost right away. And so for me, that was a good experience. And you know, people have had this experience, of course. Instead of taking things one way, you take it another way. Oops. Next time, maybe you'll, you'll do it the right way. Yeah, so better uh, but, to titrate if you're starting. Yes, exactly. So titrate it up. So don't start with a full turkey. Uh, start with a quarter or a half and then work your way up. I mean, we have some people, uh, the people that, you know, it's really interesting, the people that meditate a lot, the people that are sort of more in, actually, and women actually in general tend to be more sensitive. Um, so starting with a quarter or a half, um, whereas the, 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 like the big dudes like that are full of like lean body mass, I talked to like, some of the biohacker dudes with you know, a lot of muscle, they'll tell me that one turkey is not enough for them, that they need two. <laughs> I'm like, wow. okay, that's, that's okay. That's your dose. Um, but for most people, the dose that we find is typically a half to a full is the normal dose for most people. But starting off, everybody, I, I, I really do feel should start off with a quarter trophy and then work their way up. And then I get, well, it didn't work a quarter. I'm like, well, fine, keep, keep going. <laughs> and right. feel it. Um, and, it's that balancing act, right? Because you, you guys have had the product. And for me, I'd be interested to hear your experiences too. Um, for me, it's, I know when I have like a quarter trophy is great for like, you know, day-to-day kinds of things. But if I really want to get a lot of work done and it's a half a trophy for me, and then I block out the time and I do it, or I have my, or I do my conference calls or I do my, my presentations or whatever. What I want, I would be interested in your experiences too. Yeah. I, I'll share with you the first time I took it, I did half and it was amazing. I mean, I was pretty sold day one. So I took it at 10 a.m. And so I'll tell you, I I write a monthly newsletter every month. It's about maybe four or five pages. It usually takes me a week because I hate writing. I just, I absolutely hate it. (laughs) So I'll write a little bit. I'll take a break. I'll go back. It takes me a week to do this monthly newsletter. I wrote it in one day. Awesome. When I was taking the blue canateen, I was like shocked. I just couldn't stop typing. So, and then I finished that. I'm like, well, I still have energy. I guess I'll go to the gym. I went to the gym and just completely crushed my workout. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. Wow. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And so I've been playing with it more and more. Like, when do I like doing it the best? You know, writing, podcasting, all that. And I have to say, I find it really works well when I have slept well. And my HRV is strong. Perfect. So kind of like you said, setting up the basics. So if I have a strong HRV that day, I find the blue canatine just like takes me to the next level. But if That's I'm awesome. kind of feeling tired, not great, and I take it, it's not the best result. It almost feels like I'm trying to use it as a crutch. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the exact same, the, the exact same experience. Right I, I feel yeah. it when I'm better rested and I'm sort of more primed for my day, then that's when I have my best experience with Bucanatine. Now, I've had, we've had other people over the, over the last several months tell us if they've had a poor night of sleep, this can really help them a lot, actually, and help them focus the next day. And um, I tend to use it less in that realm and more in the realm that you're talking about. But it, it, and everybody's a little bit different, but uh, I, that, that's fantastic experience. I mean, that's great. The present moment awareness part of it is, is very interesting. And um, Lauren, I want to hear your experience too in a minute, but I'm now interviewing you guys. <laughs> um, no, because, well, I want people to hear this too. No, I, it's important. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And because the present moment awareness part of it is really interesting because when you're focused and you're sort of out of your own stories of your 
you know, this is, I'm Renee and these are the, these are my problems. These are my, these are my solutions. And these are the, this is where, this is where, where I live and this is who I am. Like that can get really noisy. Right. And so, and then what we can do with, with nootropics in general, but in this particular category, we're talking about, we're talking with canatine is that I think you can kind of silence that, that out a little bit and just remain sort of more in your, what's called your central executive network, your ability to get shit done without losing yourself to those usual stories that might crop up along the way. Like, oh, I can't, I, I have to do this in a week, right? That's a story you just told me, Renee, right? Like, these take me a week, but oh shit, no, they don't have to take me a week. They can take me a day, right? So. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So cool. cool. Lauren, what about you? My experience has been sort of just that. It's, I've had an experience with like shutting out the noise. I have a very strong monkey mind. And I get distracted very easily. And I think it's a product of me having 15 Safari pages open on my computer. <laughs> I've just noticed that I really can zero in on what I want to accomplish. And there's no distractions. Like my brain stays focused on the thing that's right in front of me. And I've mostly used it before a podcast, before I have to speak and, and stay focused and make sure I ask the right questions. And it definitely has helped me with my, like marrying my speech with my focus. It just feels much more clear. And I have a question about caffeine because I have a very hard time not also drinking coffee with it, but I'm a, mm. a pretty poor metabolizer of caffeine mm. and I sleep horribly if I don't manage that and, and make sure that it's early enough in the day. Sure. There was one time when I did half a turkey and then probably had too much caffeine and I did feel the jitters. And I think that was 100% because of the coffee, but I never had a crash, which was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I never got tired. I felt very supported. It was just when I had like a little bit too much coffee in addition, which was just a product of me really wanting that coffee because I like the taste of it. Sure. Um, but yeah, no I've, crash, just super clear. Yeah, that, the caffeine metabolizers run the gamut. I mean, there's some people that can drink a cup of coffee at five or six o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night and go to bed. Um, that's her even, mom. 10 p.m. She can go. That's right your mom? Yeah, she's yeah, it's crazy yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, it's time to reprime those receptors, mom. That's what I would say. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, no, because, like, because caffeine is no longer something that's a nootropic, right? It's just something that you do. And this is something that I actually happened to me last year in the late of 2019. I was, I was like, why am I still drinking coffee? It's not doing anything anymore. It's more that I'm just drinking it because I like it. Like there's it. no problem with that. I mean, you like coffee, you like coffee. But uh, for me, I was also noticing that I was maybe going on the side of mild adrenal stress as well, because I was, we were working really hard on this, on this company and I have four kids at the house and I'm burning the candle at both ends a lot of the times. And my youngest one was young at the time. So uh, I decided, you know what, I gotta, I just gotta stop the coffee and reprime those receptors. And now for the most part, I'm actually, I, I only use caffeine when I really want it for a, for a nootropic perspective. And now I'm not relegated to having to have my cup of coffee every day to prevent my headaches from happening, right? Because caffeine withdrawal is real. Have you ever, ever tried to come off coffee, Lauren? Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not fun. It's really not fun. The CBD and L-theanine do help. And that's the other reason probably why you don't have so much of a crash as well with the product is that because the CBD is still kind of floating around and it's a little bit longer acting, then the, even the caffeine or the, the nicotine, it, it really does seem to round out how people feel. And, you know, the other use case I, I was just thinking about is, I don't know if you guys have tried it during meditation, if you meditate, uh, because if you, if you do have a, a significant monkey mind like me, Lauren, um, the meditation is extremely important as a way to calm all that down. And I've used blue canatine in that context very effectively, because what do they tell you to do in meditation, right? One of the first things that you learn for the most part is follow your breath, follow your breath. 
and focus on your breath, either count your breaths or in and out, you know, just watch your in and out. And I can do that a lot easier if I'm using a nootropic actually. And it's just kind of funny, right? Because you wouldn't think you'd want focus for meditation, but focusing on your no, breath. I do. Yeah. I do TM. So I have a mantra. So it's always coming back to the mantra. So I, I think that actually would be really effective, but I typically meditate around 5 PM. So I would have ah. to experiment with the timing of that. So maybe not for you, or maybe you have, you could even just see if you had glucantine earlier in the day, if, yeah. if it was a different kind of flexible. meditation. <laughs> yeah. You can see how it was, even if it was four or five hours earlier, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's the a significant area where we've seen, where I find a lot of excitement actually, because the meditative state and sort of the flow state are very similar in a lot of ways, right? Because you have this decreased of tone of your default mode network, which is the area in our brain where we have lots of our stories, lots of our noisiness. And then it's the central executive network where we have, which is kind of like our frontal lobe, where we're keeping things in our mind, our memory, our fluidity, our, our task-oriented kind of task positive network, it's also called. And so anyway, I, I think it's very cool that we can use products that can help us uh, do this in in ways that are very very easy and and just just takes a blue tongue. That's the only side effect. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> is there any downside to taking this every day? So, not that we think, not that we can see. No, I've, I mean okay. one of the one of the things that I was uh, concerned about initially was on the dental side of things, and it sounds like you guys have some knowledge there with your with your parents. Both your parents are dentists. Mom's a hygienist. Dad's the ah. dentist. Yeah. Ah, classic, I guess. And family yeah, practice. Gotcha. And he's a biological dentist too, huh? Yes. Yep. Super cool. Uh, I wish I knew about him when I was in Maryland. Okay. Um, but one of the main things I was concerned about was teeth. And it doesn't seem to be any issues with the teeth over the long term. Uh, looking at methylene blue, and like uh, we were talking about, uh, the methylene blue has been used in dental procedures for many years, actually looking at mouth cancers right, specifically. And methylene blue has been used intravenously for you know, decades without any major side effects, especially at low dose. And so, the one worry that people have, of course, is addiction and tolerance. I guess that would be two worries. From an addiction perspective, I mean, caffeine and nicotine are drugs, right? So if you overuse them, you could potentially get addicted to them. Except in our formula, it's very difficult to do because it's a trochee. It's not an immediate hit of nicotine or caffeine. And then what's also more addictive is the additives that are also in the products that you're vaping or smoking with tobacco, for example, or the vaping products. And they've done studies looking at the additives themselves, likely causing a, uh, what's the word? It's an enhancing effect. There's an entourage effect kind of deal. That's the word. So the entourage effect of using the additives together with the tobacco or the so additives together with the nicotine enhance the addictive nature of it. So can you get addicted to using glucanatine? If you're using more than, the, than what we recommend, probably, yes. But our recommended is less than four per day. And most people aren't doing more than one per day. So on average, we're seeing people use the product about four times a week at most, four or five times, and then taking days off, which I think is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Personally, I have probably four or five days a week. I, I will have my, I'll have glucantine in the afternoons typically is a, just a, just a small amount of uh, like a quarter trochee just to kind of pick me up around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And just, especially if I have work to do now, I'll use it differently if I have other tasks and things like this. And this is my own personal experience. Right? Not, this is not coming as, as a doctor, just so that we know I'm not recommending anybody do anything specifically. You know, talk to your own doctor before you take anything. But that's how I use it. And so the other thing is about tolerance. We don't see tolerance really happening, uh, especially if you're having just one per day or, or less than that. Uh, we haven't seen, we haven't had a lot of people using four a day at this point, and I don't think we're going to see 
that many people using that many, but there's possibly a possibility, I would say. It's just like caffeine or, or nicotine. If you're using a lot of it, uh, you are going to build up some tolerance to it. So I would see that potentially happening. But I don't see it happening if you're having just one, you know, one a day. So if it's just a few times a week, do you need to cycle it? Would you recommend doing like a week or two off completely if it is such a low dose? I don't think it's necessary. I don't, I, because I mean, of course, everybody, everybody feels different about these kinds of things. But I, I know that for things like Qualia, for example, they talk about doing five days on, two days off. Qualia is one of those things that I think you likely should take a break on every once in a while because everything that's in that. But we're a pretty small amount of ingredient here. Uh, we only have four with some things to make it so it doesn't taste like shit. And so I feel a little bit more comfortable saying that I don't think you need to take necessarily too long periods. I mean, again, you want to be thinking about your foundational health, right? You want to be thinking about you know, what are you doing to address your, your cellular health, your biology, and making sure that you're addressing some of that stuff because you will deplete yourself regardless. If, if, and this is just one of the many things you can do to deplete yourself. You know, if, you're, if you're taking any nootropic or if you're not sleeping or if your HRV sucks or, or if, you're, if you're not sweating, if you're not getting cardiovascular fitness and those kinds of things. So like anything else, I think it just needs to be looked at in context. Yeah. So what are the benefits of using it before physical activity or do you think it's more of a mental focus activity? Yeah, right now we're getting that response from most of people that are doing a lot of activity with it. It seems to be more... Like you, like I think Renee, you mentioned, it's just you bang out the workout and it's easy and you're not, you're not sort of dreading it or anything like that. Like I've had a couple like these huge dudes, like that I'm like surprised they hate the gym, but they that they go because that's what they do. And they don't have any problems going to the gym when they take it. They're like, I just go, I do it. It's done. And I have a great workout. And I kind of try to piece it out like tease it out a little bit. Like, was it because you were more focused? Or is it, could you lift more? And it seems to be more on the focused side of things and maybe a little bit more on the endurance side of things, but a little bit difficult for us to tell so far. But that's kind of the, that's the feedback that we've been getting. Well, I wonder with physical fitness, you know, you hear, you know, your mind is really what's controlling your workout, right? It's mm -hmm. your mind saying, oh, I can't run that other mile or I can't do one more rep. Right. Like, but really, can you? <laughs> so maybe right. the blue canatine is just overriding that, that mental component. That story, that story that you have in your default mode network that you can't do that extra rep or go that extra mile. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely a possibility. We haven't studied it in detail yet. We do have some potential things coming down the pike. In fact, before the pandemic, we were looking at various ways of starting, looking to really understand the brainwaves and brainwave changes that are happening with the product. But everything's been put on hold right now, given lockdowns and craziness, as you guys are sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pause. Yeah. So I'm assuming because one, there's an, an antioxidation property and with the, uh, the caffeine and the mental component, you probably want to do this before a workout, right? Like you don't generally take caffeine after a workout. You don't want right, to right. ruin your oxidation process. I, I don't I know what, why someone would want to do that, but do you, would you um, recommend against that? Well, I would say it depends on, there's probably a reason why you'd want to take it afterwards. I can't think of it right now. I could say if you were working out and then you had to go do a talk or, or something, if you were going to do something more cognitive heavy afterwards, then maybe you'd want to use it afterwards. In fact, just act, it reminds me that there's this one biohacker uh, that I was talking to a couple, maybe about a couple months ago, right before the pandemic. And he was like, I use it before my workout. And then I use another one before I go speak. And mm -hmm. so he'll do two in the same day. Again, another big dude. 
And he's like, that's, that's how I do it. And that's what, I, that's what really works well for me. So hmm. that's how he was using it. I don't necessarily recommend against or to do that. It just, everybody's got to find out what works best for them. So I think he was using it for the physical clarity, the mental clarity for the physical performance. And then he was using it, the mental clarity for the mental performance at the, for the second trucky, for example. So very cool. I would love to circle back to the idea of the oxygen Mm -hmm. uptake. I know you're really a big fan of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, So I don't know. Can you speak a little bit about the hyperbaric piece? Sure. Can you combine the blue canatine? Anything there? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I I started off outside of the conventional medical model in hyperbaric medicine. And I learned about hyperbaric medicine when I was in medical school in Baltimore, just across the street from your parents, it sounds like, <laughs> maybe a couple of years later. And I I found these, there's a place called the Shock Trauma Center, which you guys probably know about in Baltimore. And uh, Shock Trauma has got a very large hyperbaric facility in the basement. And I learned very quickly how fantastic and amazing it could be and really helping people with things like carbon monoxide poisoning and soft tissue injuries, traumatic injuries. And I learned from there, really what was happening was very simple. And the physiology could be translated into almost anything as really getting more oxygen in circulation by combining increased amount of oxygen that you breathe. So typically in the air that we breathe, it's 21% oxygen. So we can increase that up to 100%. And then we can increase the amount of pressure in the environment around you by simulating the pressure you would feel under a certain amount of seawater. So we could dive you down if you guys ever scuba dived before you would know, or many people, I haven't really actually, I'm not a big scuba diver, I snorkel, but a lot of my scuba diver colleagues and things will dive down 45 feet below the sea. And when you're 45 45 feet below sea level, all that water above you is exerting extreme pressure on you. You don't feel it though, because you're weightless in the water, but it's that pressure that actually drives more oxygen in circulation, much more oxygen than you could if you were just at sea level pressure, because pressure just changes physiology and there's physics associated with this that drives more oxygen into the liquid or the plasma of your blood. So when you have all this liquid oxygen free floating, it's a fantastic stimulus for healing, right? Because you're getting more oxygen to the cells and then the cells can make more energy. And then if you have tissue that's at risk for dying, if you've had a heart attack, a stroke, traumatic brain injury, if you've had a a trauma, if you can get more oxygen to tissue, you can potentially save tissue. And so that's what it's being used for in the acute side in all these kinds of settings. And some of them are more investigational, but Heart attacks, strokes, and traumatic brain injuries are all coming online as a way we can use acute, immediate oxygen exposure. And so getting all that oxygen to tissue potentially can save that tissue is the idea. If you've had injuries to blood vessels and you have blockages and things like that, and you get oxygen further into tissue because you've diffused so much more in, then you can now make more energy and allow those cells to maintain their energy production until you can revascularize or you can get more oxygen to that tissue in other ways. So I got very excited about hyperbaric therapy early and I got involved in the performance biohacking optimization space because of hyperbaric therapy and my understanding of how we can optimize brain function, heart function, overall cardiovascular function, and systemically can really reverse age. And it's being done that way in a lot of different places, but especially in Israel, where they have the largest hyperbaric facility in the world. And they're doing about 250 dives a day in these very large chambers called multi-place chambers. And they have a 10,000 person waiting list. The way they sign up guys, at least, is they show pictures of, of a penis before, and they show a picture of penis afterwards. It's not a real picture. MRI with, with vascular imaging before and after, because they've done studies in showing how it improves erectile function, because it's actually regenerating blood vessels in all areas, including the brain and the heart and, 
genital organs as well. But the dovetail here is that on the cellular level, we're making more energy, right? And by making more energy, we have to be able to make more energy or else if we can't make energy well, the whole system is going to break down and you're going to get a lot of rust or a lot of oxidative stress in the system. And so what I realized during my practice using hyperbaric therapy is that I very much needed to make sure that I was looking at this as a holistic picture, as an integrative idea that people had to make sure that they had that foundation in place, especially if it wasn't an acute injury, especially if it was something they wanted more of like a long-term goal of getting better or more optimal or whatever. So that's when the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients, the antioxidant levels and things like that really became very important to me. And, and that's where, when I met Dr. Ted Atricoso, who's the pioneer of health optimization medicine and the, the formulator of glucanotine and transcriptions and things. And I serve now as his, uh, as the chief operating officer of our nonprofit, which is educating doctors in this practice of health optimization medicine and, and also on the, the supplement side things too. That's awesome. Yeah. I think hyperbaric has so much incredible potential and maybe even for COVID I'm seeing, right. They're doing yeah. some research on that. Yeah. There's about um, eight or nine studies that are happening around the world right now, because one of the things that we're thinking that's occurring during the COVID-19 process during the, the illness is that you can get profoundly hypoxic or for profoundly low oxygen. And the reason why we think that's happening is be actually because the red blood cells themselves can't carry oxygen. Something's happening to the hemoglobin molecule that's screwing up the iron that is actually what's very important, the heme in the iron that allows oxygen to be carried, changing it from like a, uh, from like a two plus to a three plus, basically. And so as a result, oxygen can't be carried. And so how can we mitigate that? We can mitigate that by diffusing a bunch of oxygen in the system to now help oxygenate the body. And we also think it helps regenerate the hemoglobin molecule in a way as well. Interestingly enough, but the, the, the main way we think that hyperbaric therapy is working is by giving a significant amount of oxygen to the system when the body is not able to get oxygen the usual way, you know, via the lungs and via the ear. When we pressurize the oxygen, we can get a lot more oxygen circulation. It's also a profound anti-inflammatory as well. And so it's being used as an anti-inflammatory to decrease the, the cytokine storm that's happening that second week of, of, uh, of the illness as well. Well, I can't wait to see those studies. Yeah. Uh, preliminarily, there was a, a case report, a case series that was just published in, in Louisiana. And they did five patients. These are all five patients that were at risk for going on ventilators. And we know for COVID-19, if you go on a ventilator, your mortality rate is probably about 80 to 90%. So very, very high. And so they were able to prevent these five patients from going on ventilators by doing successive days of hyperbaric therapy. Uh, so you know, very, very exciting. Uh, the Israelis are doing it. The French are doing it. The French are actually also studying nicotine as a preventative for COVID-19, interestingly enough. They've noticed uh, around in China and also in Europe that smokers are vastly underrepresented in the populations of people getting COVID-19. And that's very unusual. Now, if you have COPD, strange, yeah. if you have emphysema, and chronic lung disease, that's different. Those patients have, are at a very high risk. But smokers that do not have those diagnoses seem to get COVID-19 less. And so they're- Interesting, because in this country, everyone's just throwing that all into one big pool. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but in, in France, they did, they did some ob observational things, both on methylene blue, actually, and on nicotine, interestingly. Um, but nicotine patches are now being studied 
as a COVID-19 preventative. Interesting, right? Wow. Because we think that huh. nicotine competes for the same receptors as the COVID-19 virus does. And potentially as a result of that competition can make it mitigate it, mitigate the COVID-19 you know, process, the illness itself. Very interesting. And um, from a methylene blue perspective, it's being used as for another, because it's neuroprotective and also because it can maintain energy production at the cellular level, despite the, the hypoxia, the lack of oxygen that's getting to the cells, because it can be a substitute like we were talking about before. So it's very interesting that all of our ingredients, even CBD actually is being, except for caffeine. So CBD is being studied as an anti-inflammatory. The nicotine is being used as a way to potentially prevent or mitigate COVID-19 and also methylene blue as well. Now, again, we're not claiming that blue canteen has any properties against COVID-19, okay? But we are saying, and we're putting out the research, it's very, it's very intriguing at least that you're having these, these products that nothing blue, especially that's been around forever and that's cheap and it can be used. And, and there's more and more people that are kind of sounding the, the bells here. Like we should be studying this. We should be looking at this more. And in France, they did, a, they, looking at, they looked at a group of cancer patients that were taking methylene blue and the cancer patients, at least during the time it was, this is like really maybe early March, I think when it was published, none of the patients had had any symptoms of, or had any issues with, with COVID-19. And the question was, would methylene blue potentially prevent, preventing or protecting them on some level? So hmm. circling back to the oxygen and, and hyperbaric therapy, I mean, it's, it's very exciting what's happening there too. And we've known for a long time that we can use hyperbaric therapy in the acute setting to mitigate hypoxia and to, and to basically infuse the body with 1,200% more oxygen at any one time, any given period. And that can really significantly help, we think, in a lot of these acute injuries where you have this acute hypoxia, this acute low oxygen state. But in the long term, what a protocol of hyperbaric therapy does is actually more DNA expression. So it's an epigenetic stimulus. It changes how our DNA expresses and suppresses various genes that are responsible for growth and healing and inflammation. And so over the long term, over a protocol, that's what we're looking at from an optimization perspective, right? That's how we're looking at reverse aging and, and biohacking and neurocognitive performance and then stacking it with everything up over and above whatever, you know, you can stack it with a lot of different types of things. And I just wrote an article for uh, Ben Greenfield's blog talking about all the kind of things that I do or that I can, that I at least propose you can do in, with the chamber. Yeah, we'll definitely share that. So what's a typical yeah. protocol uh, for a healthy individual versus someone dealing with an acute injury or an inflammatory disease? It all depends on the goals. Different. Yeah, it depends on the goals. If you're looking for a short-term boost versus a long-term kind of thing, the, the short-term boosts of, of therapy can be three to five treatments just, just to get a bit of an oxygen infusion, potentially help with things like jet lag as well and, and, and muscle recovery and overall just exercise performance. That'll, that'll be something that would be helpful. But if you want to see the, the long-term improvements in the reverse aging ideas of new blood vessels in the brain, new more cardiovascular vascular density, so like around the heart muscle itself, helping with things like VO2 max and endurance, those are longer protocols, probably around the 40 to 60 treatment mark, at least 20 treatments. And the treatments are usually done Monday through Friday, so successive days and weekends off. And the reason for that is that it's the cumulative exposure of oxygen and the epigenetic shifts that are happening as a result of that cumulative exposure. Intermittent, so it's just an hour, maybe 90 minutes a day. The, the problems you run into in the chamber is if you're in there for longer periods of time. And so what a lot of doctors worry about is, is oxygen toxicity. And that's 
something that can happen if you're on oxygen for a long period of time. I mean, you've probably heard of little babies like NICU babies, for example, that are on high flow oxygen for long periods of time. They can get things like cataracts and, and other problems with their lungs and, and things like that. And those things can happen with hyperbaric therapy, but very rarely because we're using them intermittently, just an hour a night, not a continuous oxygen exposure. So there are some risks and going in, you don't want to go if you have bad lungs or you have a bad heart, or if you have an uncontrolled seizure disorder or uncontrolled heart condition. But the only absolute contraindication is if you have a dropped lung, if you have a pneumothorax. If you're pregnant, you're not supposed to go in either. But if you are pregnant, they put pregnant women in there with carbon monoxide poisoning and they do very well. And, and the, the babies are fine. Too. So, But overall, I, I like to say that hyperbaric therapy is safer than taking an Advil or an ibuprofen, except <laughs> you just have to make sure that you're screened appropriately. It's a medical procedure. It's, it requires a prescription and it should be used in that context. And if you're looking at the biohacking side and stacking 30 different things with it, don't. Start with one or two and then see how that goes and then add things on as you go, please. (laughs) (laughs) Please, yeah. (laughs) And speaking of contraindications, can we go back to blue canatine? Are there any reasons, any contraindications there? That's a really good point. So I was mentioning a little bit with the methylene blue. You don't want to be using methylene blue if you're taking antidepressants, uh, SSRIs, or some of the newer antidepressants that have serotonin reuptake along with norepinephrine, et cetera. The serotonergic reuptake and the MAOI properties of methylene blue can potentially interact and cause something called serotonin syndrome, which is bad. But again, very rare, even if you were taking these things together for that to happen, we have a very low dose methylene blue. We only have five milligrams in there. So I think it's very rare for that to happen. But that being said, safety first, you know, if you're taking any medications, really, you should be talking to your doctor before you take anything in this, caffeine, nicotine, or CBD. Although CBD has very few contraindications across mm-hmm. almost the full spectrum of medications, caffeine and nicotine do. And if you have heart conditions, if you have blood pressure problems, uh, nicotine isn't a good idea for the most part. And so yeah. these, are, these are things that are well-established. So look at the ingredients, look if you have any medical conditions that would be contraindicated or would not be a use case for you, and then avoid it, um, is what I would say. So we, uh, we, uh, the things we say is that you have to be over 21 because it has nicotine in it. Um, you shouldn't be pregnant uh, because that's obvious. It has ingredients that are not good for a fetus. And the third one is that you shouldn't be taking any medications. And if you are, uh, making sure that you talk to your, your treating physician first before using the ingredients that are in this formula. Plain and simple. Now, if your doctor doesn't know anything about methylene blue, we have some, and most doctors don't, although they know about it maybe from a medical context, then look it up. Uh, We have some resources on our website, and we're going to have some more resources coming up pretty soon. We're going to have a separate page associated with methylene blue things sooner rather than later as well. And so we have have more things coming down the pike on transcriptions, and so we have more products that are coming. And Any other resources? And direct your audience to? Yeah. So there's a couple of great podcasts that have been done on blue, on methylene blue. There's one specifically that, uh, oh, I can't remember the name right now, but Peter Atia, uh, he's a physician, a PhD. I think he's out of Texas. And he's a, it's a fantastic, if you look, just, if you just type in Peter Atia and methylene blue, it'll come up. It's, a, it's actually, he's being, he's using it for some of the neurocognitive reasons, uh, methylene blue. Thinking about dementia and Alzheimer's as being a, 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 fl- a blood flow issue. And so if you can overcome blood flow by something like methylene blue, using it as energy production, it can be used in, in things like Alzheimer's and myocognitive impairment, et cetera. That's a really good resource. Uh, some of the neurohacker guys got to have some pretty good stuff on 
Nothing Blue. Uh, what is it called? Joe Cohen's website, Self-Hacked, is pretty good. It's got some pretty mm-hmm. good information on, mm-hmm. on Nothing Blue, Nicotine, and Caffeine. He does a really good job, actually, going through the research. And I don't always agree with some of his summaries and some of his preambles, but some of but his research and his um, and his uh, the data is pretty good. So that's another resource as well. And of course, all the uh, the biohackers in this in this world, right? So Dave Asprey has talked about nicotine for years, as has Ben Greenfield, and they've talked about methylene blue in various ways. And so you can go and learn about what they're doing and how. And uh, Ben's got some pretty funny Instagram pictures of his mouth fully blue in the, in the sun. And doing oh yeah, things. and he's he's a little bit of like the shock jock. Uh, oh, he's doing something world. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah and off his apps. So I would; those are some resources. Um, but from like a true medical perspective, uh, we we have a lot of that stuff on our on our website, and we're going to be building out more. So uh, yeah, I would just say, say stay tuned, and then we're also going to be publishing more on on our Instagram page. If if you're not following uh, at Transcriptions, we're trying to push out as much as much as we can. Actually, today was our uh, I, I pushed out one earlier on Dr. Ted and and some of the work that he's doing and. And so I try to keep it as updated as possible with our team. And uh, that's a place where we're putting out a lot of our research as well. Great. Yeah, your Instagram page is great. Oh, thanks. Always, always good content. We appreciate that. Awesome. Well, okay. so Dr. Scott, before we let you go, one more yeah. question for you. So we like sure. to ask one piece of advice that you can give to our listeners today um, that hopefully they can start incorporating right away. Mm. It's probably pretty simple. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that it's just take a fucking breath. Right. Just take a deep breath. Everything's going to be okay. It's a crazy time to be living. Uh, It's a very opportune time to be living, I think, too, for a lot of reasons. I think the focus now that a lot of people are having that weren't involved in our worlds, you guys were doing this and I was doing this beforehand and focusing on our health and our wellness. Now there's a fear based response, but oh shit, I got to get healthy. And that's good. I'll take it on some level. But taking a deep breath, knowing that. There are ways, this is this world that we're living in now, this is a product of our lifestyle. This is a product of our of, of, of obesity and metabolic syndrome and things that are reversible. These are things that you have some control over. And so on one level, take a deep breath and know that there, there are ways to, to optimize yourself. There are ways to make yourself healthy and to actually harness what your body can do very naturally and very quickly. I mean, we know this from grade school, learning about lungs that would turn black with cigarette tar and then 10 years later look beautiful after stopping we know our body can regenerate itself and it can happen much faster than that if we just give it the tools that it needs to create that healthy environment that ecosystem and on the other side of it i would say take a deep breath and go inward and have a time to yourself and take on if you haven't a meditative practice even if it's just for one time during the day, whenever that is, even if it's for five minutes and just observing your thoughts. And there's lots of great free apps and paid apps to be able to help you do this. And so the world is crazy, but that's only because you think it is. It doesn't have to be. (laughs) And it it all is in your perspective. So uh, that's, that's, I think, my very long-winded, quote unquote, one piece of advice. (laughs) Excellent advice. Couldn't agree more. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all this amazing information. Can't wait to send this episode out. Um, we yeah, I'm it. excited to collect some more Smurf friends. We love this product so much. So we've been so excited to tell collect, more people Collect, collect. Yes, it. thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. both of you and all your support for, for Glucanatine and the world of biohacking. And 
I love that you, what you guys are doing. I think it's really important that that you're doing it because there's not enough women in this world, in the biohacking world. And, and having uh, this, I know there's, I have some other friends that are also um, of your gender that are doing this. And I think it's great. And I really, I'm learning a lot about it too, because it's really important because a lot of the things that happen and work for men don't work for women and I, and, and vice versa. So, um, and things are not binary, of course, too. Um, but I, I think it's great. So keep up the great work and thanks for having me. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.